0: If you've been following us so far, you would know that we're a mini-series that gives you the opportunity to unlock the hidden stories behind the companies. We've been exploring Talent Tribe and without going to Meta, they are a startup that tells the inside story of startups. Sounds familiar? Well, in episode 1, we introduced the company. In episode 2, we learned about their culture and in episode 3, we discovered the gritty underbelly that Talent Tribe has. In this final episode, we'll talk about the future and ask the team some really tough questions. At the very end, we'll also offer our own take on Talent Tribe based on what we've heard so far. We started our morning with a bang.
1: I feel like, so this has been a theme in my life recently, but I feel like I've been very focused on like the parts that I want to learn and grow in. Not so much the parts that I already am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is Sharon, the co-founder of Talent Tribe, responding to our question, what type of leader do they think they are? I know it's a little too early in the morning, but the founders did mention before that they do wake up early. So back to the answer. because Steph, is the other co-founder of talent tribe stepped in to save sharon at this moment
2: so this is actually a question that i can answer pretty easily (laughs) i think what i'm good at and what i want to double down on currently um i feel i'm already pretty good at mentoring people one-on-one so if there are people that i'm working very closely with um, within the first week or second week i'm already able to have you know, Different pieces in my head About what is the strength Of this person What's the next areas That they need to grow towards What's their career path And how can we actually Chart them towards That career path If what they're trying to get to Is beyond me Who can I actually Connect them with Etc And what's the next muscles That I should be getting them to grow. So all of this are already very natural to me. And everyone, like I tell them in their one-on-ones, everyone's like RPG character in my head, you know, with their own respective attributes.
0: (laughs) So while Steph is the type of leader that maxes out her team's stats, Sharon is the one who crafts an environment through autonomy.
1: I think for me, I believe a lot in autonomy. So I believe that if you bring in the right people, you give them the right environment, uh, give them the trust, like trust them to do the right thing and give them the freedom and flexibility to experiment and try different things. And when they do that, they have ownership. And when they take ownership, that's when they really feel vested in what they're working on. So I think that's one core belief that I have that comes out in the style, working style, leadership style.
0: It was interesting to hear their leadership styles at the present time, but we did promise you that we would talk about the future.
2: In terms of areas that I honestly, honestly want to grow in as a leader, so I have a 30 before 30 list, so 30 things to get done before I turn 30. One of the things I wanted is be able to articulate my thoughts more clearly and speak with gravitas. So what this means is, right now I'm really trying to speak up and just articulate as much as possible. But sometimes it can come off as rambling. And I think that's very normal for a lot of people. But when I watch people, leaders that I really look up to, they are able to just take the pause, take their own time. Think about it for you know, a good like three to five seconds, ten seconds. And be able to give very succinct and concrete answers, answers that really deliver impact on the point. And that is really something that I look up to. Because if you can convey your message in fewer words, but it gets the impact across, it stays in people's heads longer. Why not? So that's one thing that I really want. Um, I think the second thing is beyond people management. So as a leader, being able to have a strategic vision and being able to zoom up and have a good vision or lens of how I'm going to bring that company or the rest of the team forward even stronger. So the parts that I've been thinking a lot about and I feel like it's a
1: recurring theme that comes back. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's two core areas. The first area is visioning. So I feel that the best leaders, they're able to influence you and help you see the vision they have in their mind very, very clearly. And more importantly, how you see your own future in that bigger picture vision. So they feel extremely bought into your vision because they see how themselves, they see how you, they see how everybody around them would all elevate and get uplifted as they achieve this vision. And I think helping people to gain clarity over that is something that I want to get better at. And the second one is storytelling. So, this is something that I've uh, learned recently also from a mentor. A lot of us live life as a stream of actions, as clearing things off a to do list. We achieve the fulfillment of different tasks. But I think what I noticed is that I myself, I fail to actually see moments as moments because I'm very task-oriented. Let's say earlier this year, Steph and I took the CEI exam for the employment agency license. And let's say it was just a simple thing like, let's go for the CEI exam, right? I think for me, it's about, okay, let's let's register. Let's pay the money. Let's study. We're going to pass the exam. Right, it's a flow and it's a stream of tasks and events. But I think for a leader who really knows how to make use use of moments and tell a story, the moment where we actually decide, let's go take the CI, that itself is a very like significant landmark moment that can be celebrated or marked in a very different way. And I feel like the kind of leader that I want to be is like, To have that ability to tell that kind of stories pieced together by special moments in what would otherwise be just normal day-to-day life. And I think it is stories that really get people excited and bought into certain things.
0: Hearing what the founders hope to become is important
1: because it gives us a
0: sense of where the startup will be heading to as well. However, what Steph and Sharon shared was worrying. Because telling stories and having clarity of thought can make or break a startup. No one likes a startup without a story, and if there's no clarity, it would be an even bigger mess than what it already is. So hearing that it's something that the founders want, and possibly need to improve on, sounds a little like a red flag that should matter to the employees, right? So we wanted to investigate to what extent did Steph and Sharon needed to grow. We shared what we learned to Vera first, who works with Steph on a day to day basis in product management and design.
3: So, actually, Steph and I talked about this before in our one to one sessions about what she was working towards as a leader and what I was working towards as a core member of the team. And we agreed that being able to see yourself from another person's perspective is so important because. If I didn't tell her that I felt that the way she spoke was so coherent and so um, well thought out, so intentional, she wouldn't have seen it herself. So to her, she, she is still struggling and she is still working on these things. But when I, as a third party, mentioned, um, talks about this to her, she is able to take a step back and actually see how far she has come and how different she has been and how much she has learned. So for me, I do think that both Sharon and Steph, when I listen to them talk, inside I'm just thinking, oh man, I'll never be able to speak like this. Like my brain will never work fast enough to be able to be coherent and to be able to say everything without ums and ahs and everything along the way. So that is something I think I really want to learn from them.
0: This came to us as a surprise. Because Vera actually thinks that Steph is already incredibly clear. So we spoke to Rizwan, who works with Sharon on a day-to-day basis in growth marketing. And what this led to was a conversation where we asked Rizwan the toughest question yet. Okay, so Rizwan, yeah, I'm just going to ask you a really tough question. What are some of the challenges of working with your
4: founder? They have high standards. Uh, they have really high standards for myself, for Vera, for my, for whoever, for any other intern that comes that walks through our doors. It, it puts that pressure on you because you know you have that expectation of how well you need to perform. You need you know exactly how well you need to perform, and uh, it will take uh, quite a fair bit out of you to be able to hit those standards.
0: At first, we thought we were onto something something that Vera felt uncomfortable to say and something that the founders didn't know that they were doing.
4: But at the same time, one thing I truly appreciate about them setting these high standards, uh, whether for myself or for anybody else, is that it drives us to become better. One thing that I've experienced is the standards that uh, Sharon and Stephanie have put in place for the work that I push out. Although it may not be so obvious, I know for a fact that Compared to last time versus where I am right now, those high standards have really helped to drive uh, improvements in the way I work, in the work that I put out, and just in general who I am nowadays, you know. Because it's those standards that have made me a better marketer. Those standards have made me learn more about myself. What we learned as the conversation went on
0: was that Riswan one actually appreciated Sharon's high standards. So much so that it made him better in marketing. And if you recall, a large part of what Rizwan does is content, which is essentially storytelling. What this sounds like to us is that Sharon is already great in storytelling. So much so that she can show Rizwan the right standards to achieve. At this moment, we couldn't help but think back on what Steph shared in episode 2 about their lives growing up.
2: My mum was the kind where she would just, in primary school, she would just be getting me to aim for like 91 and above. 90 is like, no. So 91 and above, you get a present. 100, if you get 100 marks for that subject, you get an even bigger present.
0: It sounds to me that they don't just have high standards on their employees, but on themselves. And maybe they are already decent in storytelling and in clarity of thought. We also noticed that both Vera and Rizwan holds the founders in pretty high regard. And what we realized is that they feel this way because the founders invest a lot of time in them to help them grow. Here's one giving us a snippet of what that investment looks like.
4: So they're really, really good at giving constructive feedback. So, you know, if something you do is not up to par, if a piece of work that you push out is, it, it just doesn't meet the standard somehow, they will tell you that it's good or not good or whatever, and then they'll tell you why. And why is not, it will not boil down to like one or two sentences. Sometimes it can be a few, it can be a voice recording that lasts a few minutes. Sometimes it can be a voice recording that lasts half an hour. Sometimes it can be a very long telegram message. But the idea here is not to make you feel bad about the work that you do. That's not the, that's not the goal of this. The goal of this is uh, to help you understand why this doesn't meet standards, whatever standards they have in place, and how you can improve. Where specifically should you improve? And that's great because then the, the feedback becomes actionable. You know exactly what needs to be done and you know the steps that need to be taken so that in the future, you don't make those same mistakes again.
0: We were curious about the implications of over-investing in their employees. I mean... A half an hour recording pretty much sounds like a podcast episode, right? I'm not sure if any boss out there would make a podcast episode just to share what their employees can improve on. What we were curious about is with that much time invested, what happens when someone leaves? To us, it sounds like it might erupt into a shouting match of ungratefulness. So we asked Steph and Sharon, What happens if someone really leaves in Talent Tribe?
2: So we have an example of somebody who was really great. He was our first developer. And he raised to us, you know, as we started to expand and get more developers, um, at that moment, he also raised to us that he was trying to look for uh, another job and he wanted to quit. And when we actually delve into the reason why, he was sharing about his aspirations of becoming this really good back-end engineer. Um, you know, just focus on all the back-end things, and he actually wants to move up the path to become the head of back-end. And when we looked at where we are now, down to where we would be in the next two years, we did not see ourselves requiring so much of a back-end. We needed someone who was more of a generalist, you know, a full-stack who do more of all of these things. So honestly, even though it was very painful, and we tried to see how we could make it work, in the end, we actually made the decision to let him leave. Yeah, and...
1: Uh, I, I, I like to tell people that the moment they think about leaving, please tell me because I, I don't want to know when you've already decided because then
2: what's there to say? But at the same time, if I look at someone else and the reasons they are leaving is actually something that, you know, easily just by talking it out, working it through, or even just like maybe you haven't seen things as far a lens as, you know, we have. If it's just things like this and there's somebody worth fighting to keep, That's something that we'll do. We'll fight to keep them.
0: Both Sharon and Steph talked a lot about how communication and transparency in career is very important. And that gave us an idea. In the spirit of transparency, we wanted this final episode to also function as a platform for both Vera and ris to share some of their thoughts if there are any growth areas for Talent
4: Tribe in career. I'd say being a bit more willing to go into that mode where we are going to dive into something that doesn't necessarily have a lot of information to back up uh, our hypothesis, our theories, and go into that data, that information obtaining mode. So what I mean is, if we want to explore a new channel, a new idea, we need to have a lot of data to support that. So meaning like we need to have perhaps 60, 70% of that data even to support this idea before we actually execute on that idea. You know, because in some cases, it's either hard to obtain that information, it just takes too long, or it's expensive to get that information. And in those cases, what I would love to do ideally is go into a mode where, you know, we are the ones now gathering that information. We build that understanding for ourselves. You know, Yes, we are working with less information to back up our theory and all that. But let's actually try. Let's actually, sure, we need to plan out how we're going to try this. But let's actually give this a shot. And then we'll see from there. Does this have potential or does it not have potential? Sure, it may not have had the data before to back it up. But thankfully, because we tried this, now we know for sure that this doesn't work or this works. Yeah.
3: I think one of the areas that we can definitely work on um, going forward is the things that we are leaving out as we are moving so fast. So because um, everyone knows that in a startup, it is very fast moving, your things get shipped really quickly and there isn't really a lot of breathing room to really sit down and think about the features or the products that you have shipped out and you are working on. And because of this, I do feel that I'm not sure whether... Um, certain decisions made for the product or for the design is because of some um, concrete data that we had in the past or any sort of testing that we are doing because at the speed that we're moving, there is hardly any space or any time or or even the headspace to think about Um, testing or more robust testing or more analytics that are product-specific. So I think that's something that we can improve on so that we know that any decisions that we make going forward and any choices that we make also are anchored, in a way, in more concrete data and more concrete testing and learnings that we can get from users.
0: (laughs) We thought it was interesting that Rizwan essentially asked to act On less data, but Vera to act on more. After Vera and Rizwan shared how they really feel, we ended our excursion into the Talent Tribe office. As we re-listened to all the audio files, we thought it was important to share our opinions on Talent Tribe. We think that they're most definitely not a perfect company to enter for everyone, but could be if you're into two things. Number one, Ownership to make a huge impact in a company. And this comes with all the bells and whistles like you would expect, such as multiple projects or challenging assignments. Number two, if you appreciate the career industry and want to drive the evolution of how job seekers interact with companies and vice versa, then maybe it is for you. But you would most definitely dislike your experience working in Talent Tribe if you dislike. Dancing in the Rain of Ambiguity. And that's fine, because ambiguity is hard. When we started in episode 1, Sharon ended off with a very grim image on what ambiguity can look like to a founder. A deep feeling of uncertainty that haunts her for countless of moments.
1: I was reading about the wisdom of uncertainty recently and the whole concept is that it is only in the unknown that there's room for uncertain moments that can really change your life right and when you are basically prepared when you are always alert and you're always ready to capture whatever opportunity arises from the uncertainty that's when you can really turn like whatever problems into an opportunity and you can really come out stronger from there and being able to live with uncertainty is the way to actually then blossom into the outcomes that that you envision.
0: We've spent a long time deciphering what Talent Tribe really is, but we didn't want to make our opinion of them by ourselves, which is why we wanted to include you, the listeners, wherever you might be, to give us your honest opinion through the link in the podcast description below, because our impression don't matter as much as what everyone else thinks.